Welcome to Yes, X or No Audio. Creating stability with tolerance. Listening. Published 2022, October 15th. Astana. On September 17, 2022, the city, formally renamed after the long-term president of Kazakhstan, Nur Sultan Nazarbayev, to Nur Sultan, reverted to its former name, Astana. The city became the capital of Kazakhstan in late 1997, replacing Almaty. The term Astana in Kazakh means capital city. Thus, citizens of Almaty may continue to be annoyed that the previous status of their city as the capital remains lost. At least the new capital has shrugged from its shoulders the label of a political leader and has reverted to a more fitting name. Astana recently hosted the sixth Conference on Interaction and Confidence Building Measures in Asia. This event, though largely unreported in Western media, welcomed the heads of Russia, Belarus, Azerbaijan, Turkey, Iraq, Iran, Qatar, Palestine, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, and the Vice Presidents of China and Vietnam. The topics of discussion are given by the title of the conference. The conference is soon to become an international organization which, with existing ties to the Russian-led Eurasian Economic Union, will be working alongside the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, BRICS, and other Asian integration and multilateral fora. It should be noted that the SCO's first Heads of State meeting was held in the same city as Astana and that its most recent Heads of State meeting, the 20th, was held not too far away by continental Asian measure in Samarkand, Uzbekistan. Integration One may wonder why Greater Asia is solidifying this plethora of organisations to work towards integration. There may be many answers. Asia is linguistically, culturally, religiously and economically diverse. Thus, different fora may suit different agenda. One thing is clear. A demonstrable lack of stability has been declared by the West. The impounding of Afghanistan's national reserves and then a large amount of Russia's 7 billion and 100 plus billion US dollar equivalent respectively have sent a shock across the rest of the world. The continued escalation of the conflict in Ukraine worries all, not to mention the continued use of unilateral economic sanctions by the West against independent states like Iran, Venezuela, Russia, etc. The recent deliberate attack on the Nord Stream pipelines is another reverberation. Anyone with an IQ higher than their shoe size believes that the criminals are from the West. Exactly who matters little. What happened was a very significant destabilization and the West did it to themselves. All of the above are making the Russian population restive. 
not against their government, but the West. Asia has its own problems too. These benefit from dialogue. Issues can be laid out and potential solutions with varying forms of assistance from neighbouring states can be sought. Solving international regional problems requires discussion, or, to use an old term, diplomacy. In the following section, a very long list of the names of states will be read out. My apologies in advance. Such is the nature of following geopolitics. United Nations Resolution A recently USA-sponsored emergency session of the United Nations General Assembly approved a motion which expressed a rejection of the holding and results of the four referenda in eastern and southern Ukraine. The framing was of territorial integrity and that holding a vote in a region under hostilities is unreliable. As this newsletter has mentioned, there is an inherent tension in the UN Charter between the territorial integrity of a state and the rights of people to declare independence. The deliberations of the United Nations on this tension amount to when people are excluded from the governance of the state in which they reside or are persecuted by it, then the independence clause overcomes the territorial. This is obviously the case in Lugansk and Donetsk and possibly in the other two regions. While this is for international jurists to consider, this does not stop one from having one's legs blown off by an outlawed mine delivered by missile. The results of the United Nations vote are interesting. Note that there are four possible votes for a nation. For, against, abstain, or was not present. The results are for 143 nations, against 5 nations, abstain 34 nations, absent 10 nations. It is interesting to break this down by continent. Let's label Europe a continent for now. It is not, by any reasonable definition. Let's also separate North America at the Mexico-USA border and call everything South Latin America. North America and Europe voted entirely in favour. Latin America was dominantly in favour but included and against Nicaragua, three abstentions, Bolivia, Cuba and Honduras, and two not present, El Salvador and Venezuela. Moving to Africa, we see a major split with 19 abstentions and five absent. Algeria, Burundi, Central African Republic, Congo, Eritrea, Eswatini, Ethiopia, Guinea, Lesotho, Mali, Mozambique, Namibia, South Africa, South Sudan, Sudan, Togo, Uganda, Tanzania, Zimbabwe, and absent, Burkina Faso, Cameroon, Djibouti, Equatorial Guinea, and Sao Tom-Pinkip. In Asia, the rejection of the resolution was clear from the governments of the majority of its inhabitants. 
Armenia, China, India, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Laos, Mongolia, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Tajikistan, Thailand, Uzbekistan, Vietnam. Asian states not present were Azerbaijan, Iran and Turkmenistan. The United Nations General Assembly is not a judicial but a political body, which is wonderful. All nations understand that votes have consequences in their relationships with powerful nations. Because of the four possible vote choices, one can see allegiances and also political expression. Find your own interest in the votes states made. I found Nicaragua voting against and Iran being absent of interest, along with all of the abstentions from Africa. The abstentions by many Asian states are unsurprising. Each of the 143 nations which voted for this resolution are denying the votes of the peoples in the four formerly Ukrainian oblasts. The difference between the affirmative diplomats and the local residents are the eight years of the terror of war. Stability versus values. Recent protests in Iran have been reported in the West as against a death in custody. The West describes the police section as a moral police. The whole concept of a moral police is repugnant to this author. The same is true of the way in which the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia treats its citizens and especially women. These are important social and moral issues. If one speaks with social geographers, one can learn that providing a reliable income source to women is one of the best ways to control population growth and generally empower society. This reliable income source depends upon a reliable economy and the political will of the nation. Without stability, nothing can be done. We are seeing two world powers, China and Russia, with vastly different cultural histories working with their neighbours to create stability. The Christian Orthodox are combining with the Buddhists and Taoists to embrace believers in Islam to create a stable structure upon which reliable economic development can be pursued. I am an atheist who has studied Buddhism and attended a Quaker school. It is these two beliefs for which I have most respect, for they embrace tolerance. The partners in the Eurasian Integration Projects embrace tolerance, for they must. Western power structures embrace dominance, for that is all they know. Thanks for listening. Until next time.